From the Bob Varley studio in Orlando, Florida, you're listening to The Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the Diz Unplug Roundtable Discussion, DizBoards.com edition for August 19th, 2010. From Orlando, Florida, I'm your host, Pete Werner, joined at the table this week by my good friends, Walter Eccles, Kathy Whirling, Corey Martin, Kevin Close, and John Magi. Max the Intern, back in the Peanut Gallery. Teresa Eccles, on vacation doing her $2,500 challenge. And in between shows, I get a chance to go read some of what she's posting on the board. You're right. She's writing some really Great funny job. stuff. Yeah. It's really, really funny. She's doing a terrific job. And Julie is with the kids. And Julie is with the, Oh, that's right. That's right. Julie's because we're recording on Wednesday. Yeah. So, all right, uh, we are going to read some, uh, we'll talk about some uh, threads that uh, are on our discussion boards at disboards.com, and uh, we do this alternately every other week, and we do an email show every other week, so for next week's email show, if you'd like to ask us a question or share a story or complain about the show or something else, <laughs> podcast at www.info.com. You can also send us a voicemail toll-free in the United States, Canada, and Mexico, one 877 local number 407-574-5093. And if we play your email, or read your email, or play your voicemail on the show, we'll give you your choice of a Diz Unplugged pin and lanyard or a T-shirt. And uh, if we read a thread that you've started on the board... And as part of our disboards.com show, you automatically get entered into a monthly drawing for a shot at the prize matron, which uh, next week we really have. I've got them all recorded. I just have to get them all set up. But we edit all new prizes. There are iPads, iPhone, uh, iPod touches. Um, there's some cool gifts, some gift cards, some backstage magic tours, some. Uh, Universal tickets, SeaWorld tickets, all sorts of cool stuff that we're giving away. We have 50 prizes loaded into the Prize Matron. We ask people to select a number, 1 to 50. Each number corresponds to a different prize. You win whatever you get. So if we read your thread on our show, you're automatically entered in for a shot to pick a number. And, of course, if we read your email or play your voicemail on the show, uh, on, on top of getting your pin and lanyard, you also get a shot. Uh, you get get into the drawing as well to pick a number. So lots of numbers picked that we got to play that we got to give out next week. So the uh, first thread that we're going to talk about this week on the show was started by Brunette eight seven zero six on our theme parks board, asking, "Do you think Disney has gone downhill in the last few years?" Um, I'm assuming that. Uh, this is a she pointing out that Disney Dining, they have increased all buffet services and lowered the quality of food, uh, took prime, uh, prime rib off the menu at Boma and a few other restaurants. Uh, Disney Cruise Line service, I've been reading that the food wasn't what it used to be, yet people pay a large amount, uh, a large premium for this. Food runs out, is not replenished, etc. I think she meant concierge level. Oh, concierge level. Okay. thought it was cruise line. Um Christmas uh, attractions took away the lights at Epcot. Don't get me started. I know. <laughs> Kathy's, Kathy started breathing heavy. Nickel and diming the guests. Holiday surcharges for buffets. Okay, I can understand Thanksgiving and Christmas, but Memorial Day through 4th of July, too. It's just plain wrong. Doubling the price of a stroller. Double stroller one and a half years ago was $18. Now it's 30 If you multiply that by seven days, it's the price of renting a car. Ticket increases. Every August is a ticket increase. And then she goes into Brazilian tour groups. I don't. I'm not, I wasn't quite sure why, well, yeah, where that, that took a little comes turn. into Disney Disney service, but, um, but uh, I, I I thought this was interesting because this particular topic more so recently than has been in years past. I've been hearing a lot about this. About is there a downturn in quality at Disney, especially in light of a lot of the changes that were made in the last 18 months due to the economy. 
and uh, I'm going to tell you what I think. Yes, I think there there has been. I think there definitely has been. Uh, and I noticed it this stay uh, at the beach club. Uh, I'm not going to get into details because I want to save it for my review. But let's just say that we met several very nice, very professional cast members. But I can get nice and professional at a Hyatt. I can get nice and professional at a Weston. I can get nice and professional sometimes at a Holiday Inn. That's not what I go to Disney for. I go to Disney for magic. I want, I want that extra something. That's what's always separated Disney. And I think that's what I'm seeing in some cases. This is certainly not the case for all cast members. But, you know, again, another review I don't want to give away too much. When I was out at, uh, in Disneyland, in California, uh, Grand California, it was all over the map. You had some cast members that were just doing cartwheels for you, and you had others that looked like they were... They would rather be getting root canal than talking to you. All right. So the attitude and the service provided by a cast member, is that directly related to something Disney's doing or not doing? Well, I think think laying off thousands of cast members last year. You think overworked is in the equation? Well, I don't think that it's necessarily overworked as much because I don't, I think they, they, they were, they were, they didn't remember, they didn't lay off frontline cast members. What they did was lay off management. So what you have now is our managers that are responsible for two to three times the number of cast members that they were responsible for before, not being able to give the leadership or the attention or the whatever it is to make them happier and to make sure that they're performing at a certain level. I think that uh, Disney used the excuse of the economy to cut back on things they didn't necessarily have to cut back on. Most definitely. I think that where food is concerned, we talked about this in the last show, about the dining plan. And the dining plan has had a measurable impact on the quality, portion size, and and overall uh, experience. experience of the restaurants. I don't think there's anybody that will, anybody who pays attention that will deny that. Uh, nickel and diming the guest... Uh, holiday surcharges for buffet. I agree wholeheartedly. It is just bogus. I have to jump in here for a minute. I'm the first one to agree with you about the menu selections and the the, the, the other things. And I've always joked about it was due to guest demand that little play on words. But I, all you have to do is read our boards and read something for somebody who's spent some time in another vacation destination and you'll hear the same thing some of our listeners just went to Hershey Park a great many of our listeners we had a big meet they had a big meet there last week and they compared the food in Hershey Park to the food in Disney and it's more expensive for even worse quality whatever you paid to stay at the beach club I'm certain that if you went anywhere on the Jersey Shore, you would find a 1950s motel where you would be paying that same amount. Probably. So I think what I'm saying is I still see Disney as a good value. I think certain things have gone. They have cut certain things. I also think the problem is Disney tells you that they're setting the bar so high. There you go. Right there. That's my, that's my issue. That when it doesn't, your, your, your feelings are hurt. You You're mad. But you have to understand, when I go to stay at the Jersey Shore and I pay $300 a night for my 1950s motel room, I'm also not having to pay several hundred dollars to get into a theme park. I'm not having to pay uh, all of the extras High speed internet and all that. That go along right, with. Right, because that's not even offered. But Disney. Well, I'm just, but not, not even internet. But um, I'm not paying all the extras that go along with that Disney vacation, that go along with that experience. And again, Disney tells you expect more from us. There's also the. That's idea the you'd problem. And, well, no, I don't see. I, here's the thing I don't think that's a problem. I think. That it is if you don't Disney, deliver it. It is if you don't deliver it, and that's why Disney needs to be challenged to up. They, they've got. They, they, I, I can understand the need to adjust for the economy. I really can, and I understand that it's a very expense to keep Disney the way it is. It's very expensive. 
cleaning it, developing it, maintaining it, growing it is not cheap. And I understand there's a business reality there that not only do they have to maintain this stuff, they've got to make more and more money every year. I was going to say, don't you think that um, you can put some of the blame on the people, the guests that come to Disney, and that they, they won't come unless they get a discount, that they're adding to that? Because now Disney has to cut into their bottom line to, to give a discount. Where's that money going to, to pay for some well, of the Disney things? Disney has made discounts part of their marketing model. Whether or not Bob Iger wants there to be future discounts or not, the reality is is that they've, for the past several years, given these discounts, and people have come to expect them. But you know how, like, after 9-11 and, like, a couple years after that, there really wasn't a lot of discounts. And people were sort of like, when it happened, oh, hey, this is a good thing. Now it's like that was like with free dining. Now it's expected that free dining is there. So you've, you know, and, and as far as, like, what Disney says, when was the last... Maybe I'm missing it. That Disney definitely says, "Hey, hey, we're a cut above." They, they, I, I see the whole. Their whole marketing is the Disney difference. Well, but I mean, it's not like there's. But they're not saying what the Disney difference is. But it's maybe that it's different. Well, look, I mean, they're 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 world famous for their service. They're world famous for it. So when they talk about the Disney difference, they are evoking that. Well, what I'm saying is, is maybe they need to to change how they say that. No, 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 no. I have to disagree. They not they look that difference. That Disney difference. That made the company what it is. Oh, they should never yes. move away from no, that. It's possible. Never. No, it's possible. They should not ever try and change our expectations, nor should they change what makes the Disney difference uh, the Disney difference. How about if they manage your expectations, where before it was sort of like anything and everything? The, so what? The, the I, Disney difference most of the time? No, I'm just saying that, you know, like now people expect like pixie dust every time they, they go to the the parks or their resort where people well, five years ago just thought just being here. But again, I look, also, at the, look at the commercials. There are commercials that are come experience the magic and they've got the kid riding in a teacup with one of the characters. The worst example of this was that commercial a couple of years ago where they flung those French doors open and their noses were touching the, mad- oh, the yeah. castle. Yeah. And you, everybody wanted to stay in that room. And you had to spend hours explaining to people, the, that room doesn't exist. But we're talking, about, we're talking about changes that have occurred for the worst. So I don't think it's fair to say it's because Disney's overhyping it. I also I think, think people are saying, I've experienced but this I, in the past, and why is it getting worse? And you can't blame the guest for waiting for a promotion. Well, I, w- I can't afford Italian leather loafers unless they're on sale. You can't blame me for not buying them at $400. Oh, if right, I know right. if I wait, I can get them for 200 but, but there's a difference. There's a difference now. You, you know, Using that analogy, we have a community of hundreds of thousands of people on our site. I'm just talking about my site. That are waiting for the Italian leather loafers. loafers and they, they follow everything about the loafer from the concept to the implementation to the wearing and then report on every aspect of it. So I think our perception tends to be a little skewed here because of the boards. We're very much involved in the boards. I think from the standpoint of people that are not, and I, and I give, can give you a classic example here, um, from the standpoint of people who are not you know, Disney 24-7 like we are, um, some of that magic is still there. And on the ride home from the beach club, I said to Walter, knowing what I thought, and I hadn't said anything to him, I wanted his honest opinion. I said, what'd you think of the beach club? He said, I thought it was great. I thought it was wonderful. I had a great time. So now in comparison to the other Disney resorts, because we've stayed in many of them, uh, you know, where do you rank this? He's like, I think it's up near the top. Now, my impression was somewhat different. Being somebody who's, you know, focused on this in a way that Walter is not, um, my impression was, yes, it was good. It was very good at points. Concierge staff was wonderful. They were efficient. They were professional. They were friendly. But there was that magic edge, that just that certain something that wasn't there, that wasn't there, that I've come to expect that I remember getting back in the day, and even in re- I mean recently. I'm not saying that you know there are no cast members that deliver that. I've run into some wonder. I'll give you an example: the woman who served us lunch yesterday at La Cellier, 
Melissa oh, wow. from Winnipeg. Uh, she was amazing. The uh, cast members that were with us on our uh, April Backstage Magic tour, and uh, again in the July one, these were these are these are classic. These are cast members from the, in the classic sense that will bend over backwards to help you. Um, so I think part of it is that too. I think the community, which is such a huge part of Disney's business, our community, uh, definitely we have developed expectations that are maybe above and beyond those of the average guest. But at the same time, I think the feedback from this community, because I'm going to tell you something, the people who were jamming the phone lines on Monday weren't the Walters of the world. They were the Pete's. Okay? Those are the people jamming those phone lines. Those are the people grabbing all those. The Walters of the world will be making their phone calls in January. Okay? When all the rooms are gone. Okay, so this is my you know this is my point that uh, I, but I think that having that community, having that community that is as knowledgeable and as experienced, yes, we take it too far sometimes. No question about it. We demand too much. We expect too much. But I think in this particular instance, since the layoffs, I think there has been a charge more, and I've said it: charge more, do less. All right, let me play devil's advocate. Are these price increases or price adjustments or uh, ways in which Disney's giving you less and charging you more, would they be offset if the overall experience was completely magical? Would you say, you know what, I know I'm paying this amount of money, but listen, I got the best vacation ever. Is yeah. there some kind of... Yeah, worth it to me. Sure, absolutely. Now, that's to me. I have a little bit more disposable income than the average person does. I know, but I think, I think that's true in general. We talk about this all the time. I will definitely pay for the experience. The price of a meal matters less than the overall experience of that than meal. Than the value. Right. It, it's, you can't, I understand that there are budget restraints or constraints for people, but I try and do this when I do a restaurant review, whether it's a $6 sandwich at Earl of Sandwich or a $60 dinner at the Yachtsman Steakhouse. Did I feel like I got value for my money? And that doesn't really have to do with the price point. Now, if you're getting a Yachtsman Steakhouse dinner for $6, we're talking a different story. Yeah. But when you're talking about dollars for dollars, are you getting a value out of what you're eating or what you're doing? And I think to myself, I try and put that... I try and put that in everything I do. I talk about the, the Hydro Flask. I think that's an awesome product, and I get nothing out of it other than I get to share it with people. Can I go in Target and buy a $5 water bottle? Yes. Is it going to do the same thing as the $20 Hydro Flask? No. Do I think there's a value in the $5? No, I don't think there's any value in it because it's not doing what I needed to do. I see value in the dollar I spent at twenty dollars, but I bought the more expensive. Right, product. I, I can see that with the uh, with dining and maybe ticket prices, but it's hard to justify the uh, the value. I don't care how magical your day is of spending thirty dollars for a stroller. Well, I was going to just get to that. I was going to say, what does Disney have to do? Now you got to understand, prices are always going to go up. It's kind of the nature of how things are. So, what do they have to do? Well, one of the things I think is, don't try to snow. You know. Uh, Smokescreen it by saying, listen, we get you these new strollers, and that's why they're more money, when we all can see that they're cheap mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. So I think, you know, maybe if the price of the stroller went up, but you got a better stroller out of it. Or they created a way for stroller parking to be better or something like that. Or if that. there was a multi-day discount, if you were, you know, $30 right, for your exactly. first day of the stroller and 26 for a second. Or you can get it for the whole week. But I guess for, I also right. look at this as there are other but, options. You don't have to rent a $30 stroller. You can right. bring a stroller from home. Right. Well, you're paying for convenience. Well, no. What you're paying for in this particular... The reason they upped the stroller prices so much was they wanted less strollers in the park. Right. Because they, they had these seas of stroller parking. Mm-hmm. Um, and those double But wide. unfortunately, what they did by doing that was they hurt the people who could least afford it. And that is families with young children. Um, more likely, more, more I think, more likely than not, a family with uh, a young family with a with a child with a young child less able to afford that thirty dollars than that family would be in twenty years. 
you know, generally speaking, I'm not saying that this is the case for everybody. I mean, there are some young families that are well off and that doesn't bother them. But I think overall, see, those things bother me. Those things bother me because now you, ha- now you just – because to the average guest, you're charging me $30 for a stroller. That takes away from the experience. That's like, okay, I'm getting, I'm getting screwed with my pants on well, here. Yeah, I think, too, is there are people who know this in advance because they do the planning. But like you said, what about the guests who just go? Right, exactly. Well, the Pete's and Walters. You, know, the, you, would, you would know to rent a stroller or get one from like the um, Orlando Stroller Rentals before you arrived. Mm-hmm. But, but I uh, apologize. I'm sorry. If you have enough money to go to Disney World and you didn't do any of your any of your research if you didn't put any thought into this oh, I get it. that's like buying going onto a car lot and saying I'm going to buy the first car I see right. it's an expensive proposition and if you enter it blithely yeah, but it doesn't make it right that people get fleeced right I mean, yeah, exactly I'm not suggesting that it may, you make it you make it get fleeced I am suggesting though that if you walk in and didn't know that you were going to pay $30 for a stroller, you didn't do some research. You didn't one you didn't plan this. And this is kind of an expensive proposition to fly by the seat of your pants. Now, what do you think if they raised cast member salaries? Don't you think that would put a bump in the, the I magic have, level? I would have a lot less trouble with the price increases if I knew that's where it was going or at least some of it was going there. Um that has always been a pet peeve of mine, that they, in my opinion, take advantage. Disney takes mm-hmm. advantage of the fact that so many people working for them work for them because they love it. And that they're not paid a fair wage for that. I'm sorry. Any person in those parks making seven bucks an hour is underpaid. And I, I think that that has always been the last thing on Disney's list that matters. But don't you think that, I mean, I know, I know it, it would be costly. Would it, help, would it help the magic level? It would help the yeah. magic level incredibly. And I think that would be a fast solution rather than PR or other things. Just knowing that you've, you've got that core group of cast members that would do it for $4 an hour. And then you've got that group that it's like, hey, if you pay me a little more, maybe I'd do more. I Yeah, and I, I've always been an advocate of pay the cast members more. Pay them more. Uh, wherever you can, whenever you can. Um, well, it's this un- goes back to my original question to you. If your experience is so much better, then maybe these things that people are complaining about, the change in quality, the increase in prices, they matter less. So maybe Disney needs to take that into consideration and say, listen – Okay, we know we're charging more, or we're giving people less as far as food, but let's make sure the overall experience is better. And maybe that's where they need to concentrate. Mm-hmm. Yep. I, well, it's uh, or the opposite, or lower your prices. Exactly. And, and don't uh, care about your. Service. Well, and I also think it helps when you know. I hate to say it, but when you can, I think it's easier to overlook some of these issues when you get a really good discount. Uh, and I think that might be actually part of the problem is that maybe people are saying, well, I got a discount, so they're not complaining as much. And that, then that it goes to the value. And it goes to the value, exactly. So, I mean, I went to the movies not too long ago, a week and a half ago, and I didn't even think about it. I got us one of those value packages where we got, you know, the garbage can full of popcorn and two sodas, and I charged it. And I didn't even look at it until I got home. And I thought to myself, do you realize you paid eighteen fifty for popcorn and soda? Yeah. So I say to myself, did I enjoy the movie? Yes. Will I buy eighteen fifty worth of popcorn and soda the next time I go? Absolutely not. Mm-hmm. I don't see. I, I'm sorry. I can have popcorn. I can have Orville Redenbacher and a Diet Coke at home. I'm going to wait the two hours. So I don't see any value in that. I don't see the value there for me at all. Well, I think what I'd like to do is I'm going to put a poll up on the boards. I'm going to ask this question. And I want to see what the response is. I want to see what how people really feel on our boards. Do you think Disney is going downhill? I'll word it a little differently than that. I'll try and be as, as fair and unbiased in the way we word it. But I, I think we should put a poll up. And not just on one board, not just on the podcast board. I want to see it someplace that everybody can see it so that we get 
we get some real feedback. Would you ask a second question? I can. Would do you see? Do you think Disney is a value for the money you spend? Good question. Oh, maybe that's how we we word it. Maybe that's how we word it. Look, because I'll be honest with you: for the money I spent at the beach club with our dinner at the Yachtsman Steakhouse and all the other things with the Illuminations cruise and all the other things. It's a fairly expensive three days. Worth every dime. Worth every dime. Um, I got a great rate on the room. Uh, had a, we had a wonderful time. We really enjoyed ourselves. I got some great work done. Got some phenomenal video. We're going to be putting you up on the site in the next few weeks. Really did. Yes. Um, I, we had a really enjoyable experience. Um, so am I saying that it's gotten to a point where it's not worth going? No, of course not. Of course not. No, I didn't. I wasn't um, suggesting that. Um, I'm just, I'm, my, my thing is that, um, at what point will they go too far? We know we've been, we've all been following Disney for a long time. We know that if Disney thinks they could push that envelope just a little bit further and just a little bit further and just a little bit further, they will. How far, I wonder, how far is going to be too far? At what point are they going to turn this group off? Do, do you see that If that's even in possible. Other, in other entertainment areas also? I see it happening in things like sporting events. At what, what, where's that fulcrum that people think it's okay to pay, spend X number of dollars for a seat to a football game? Or concerts where people are spending 300 to $500 a seat. Or a Broadway theater ticket. We are a matter of five years away, not even. Of seeing hundred dollar a day theme park tickets is that is that the breaking point? Um, at what point does a standard room at the Pop Century go for two hundred and twenty five dollars a night? At what point does you know? I mean, at where where is the line drawn? Um, because you know, Disney is Disney. I remember back in the day we first started working with them on the dream side and they used to talk about how they don't discount because it devalues the product in the eyes of guests if you pay a hundred dollars for a room one year you're not going to want to pay 200 for the next and my feeling is that that's probably accurate and that now that they have now that they have gone to the dark side they can't go back mm-hmm. that there is no especially now i mean I, I, I think that, sh- that that ship sailed last year, but after what they just did on Monday, okay, no, the ship yeah, is you're not sailed back in the bottle. No, right. the ship is sailed. It's out of the harbor. Uh, I, I think they can if they go completely cold turkey. If they were willing to bite the bullet and say, "Listen, you know what? Here's our rate. We've talked about this before. Here's our best rate. You're going to get it now. Never ever going to be a discount, and be willing to to ride out the the tough times." They can re- but they can you know break. what? But think about, you know, you've got most economists saying that it's going to be at least five years before the economy comes back to a place where it was well, before this all started. So they're going to be doing this for a while. And I think five, if they're doing this five years from now, they're doing it 15 years from now. I, I equate this to I used to work in a small grocery store and we used to sell, I used to sell cigarettes. And people would say to me, uh, I'm going to stop when cigarettes get to a dollar a pack. That mm-hmm. tells you how long ago this was. Yes. I'm not going to buy it as soon as it goes over a dollar a pack. Well, then it would go to a dollar ten, and they say I'm not going to go over a dollar and a quarter, and they'd buy the cigarettes. So I think it's one of those things that eventually it might lead certain people to stop going to Disney. I think there are, and then there's also those people who don't pay any attention and didn't know strollers were going to be. And then when that happens, the discounts the discounts get deeper, and more people come. And they try and raise the price, and it falls off, and they've got to go back to the discounts. And I think it just becomes a cycle. I think what we have witnessed in the last two years in particular, I think it started before that, but in the last two years in particular, I think we have witnessed the metamorphosis of Disney into, I don't want to say a discount shop, but I think it's going to be much harder for Disney to maintain the quality of old with the prices of new or the discounts of new. Those two things are mutually exclusive sometimes, that you can't do right. more and charge less. Just the same way I don't like charging more and doing less. You can't do more and charge less. At, right. at, you know, it, so where's that happy medium? 
Do you remember when we used to do sound off? Um, we asked a question four years ago, uh, August 7th, 2006. How much is too much? After Disney raised their ticket prices, so what are you saying? I've been, se- I've been I've been ranting on this for four years. No, I'm sa- there were 164 replies to this. I-, I think it'd be interesting to go back and read some of these replies to see if anything has really changed after you put up the new poll. Okay, how much is too much? And this was asked. We did it four years ago. Make sure you bookmark it. <laughs> yeah, so we can find it again. That's cool. Yeah, so conversation you can have for hours. Yeah, that's why I was just going to say let's let's change gears a little bit here and let's. Uh, uh, on the Disney restaurants board, uh, Straw Lady asks, "What food do you miss?" Uh, we all know Disney changes menus at, at, at places from time to time, and while change can be good, I'm sure we all miss a sandwich, entree, salad, dessert, snack, etc. that we loved. What food that Disney lo- no longer serves do you miss? Figaro fries and the au gratin potatoes at Ohana's. Okay. That was specific. Boy, yes. The apple mm-hmm. cobbler that they used to sell going over the bridge from the hub into Liberty Square. It's Ooh, now they a, had one? They, they sold apple cobbler with vanilla bean ice cream. Oh, that's We used good. to go in, and you would sit in that little kind of quiet place, yeah. sort of adjacent to the Hall of Presidents building. Okay. We've gone in there. You've gone with us. It's been since I've known John. Just to get apple cobbler. It was made fresh and hot. And they put oh, the they used to take out great so big pans of it. And now it's a caramel corn stand. Mm. Oh, no. I was horrified when they Bastard did that. Bastard people. It's my favorite line now. <laughs> How about you, Corey? What do you miss? I don't have one, really. Really? Boy. No. He has that vacuous deer-in-the-headlights look, too. Yeah, it's, I mean... I read all these before, you know, before the show, and I'm just like, I don't really have one that, uh, no one thing in particular that they did away with. Those little fruit juices that came in little containers that were shaped like the fruit that was in the juice. It's like a grape juice and a little plastic grape. And an orange. See, I was, orange. for me, it was beaver tails in Canada. I was I, just going to say that I was so disappointed when I had my first one. Very disappointed when they no. took those away. Is that like a donut, a bear claw or something? What was it? Uh... It was yeah. Well, it's like it was, a piece of fried dough. With, it was yeah. It was like a fried uh, dough with sugar and cinnamon and stuff on it. It was uh, yeah. like in the shape of a beaver tail. Maybe we had the wrong topping, but that was one of the things I was most disappointed on that I read about on the Diz that I couldn't wait to come down and try that. And this was before I lived here. And when I had it, I went like, ew. No, I, 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 that happened to me with something called school bread in Norway. Oh yeah, that's another that's one. It's a giant donut. Yeah. This is a funny response. I miss the good food. <laughs> I think there's still some good food to be had on that. John told me about something they served in Norway, and I, he kept telling me how good it was, and I Lapsa. had to have it. And it was a tor- a the lepsa. Oh my god, a, it's so good! Lepsa's delicious. With sugar on it. It was awful. Oh, it's cinnamon sugar. It was delicious. Well, you can put cinnamon sugar on anything, and it tastes good. But <laughs> this was like a tortilla with butter and sugar on it. I kept. Do they still have it? Uh, yeah, I'll have to go try it. The the other, I I, I agree with uh, Nebula on this this thread. Uh, breakfast lasagna from uh, Crystal Palace. Never had that. <gasps> oh, I breakfast lasagna was out of this world. What was it? Breakfast lasagna. It was. Um, what the heck was in it? It was like it was like layers of breakfast stuff. Of breakfast stuff. It was so good. I'm saying I'm not like, early enough to eat the breakfast in bed. <laughs> Bacon instead of noodles or what? So, John, how about you? What what what, what do you miss? I give this a lot of thought. I don't think there's really anything I miss. So I can't. I'm not alone. One. I can't pick one <laughs> thing specifically. However, there's a restaurant where we live that's closed that I miss. There's actually two restaurants in Orlando that have gone out of business, and we. You know how sometimes you don't really notice when something's gone? We notice these two places are gone. Mm-hmm. Do I know what they are? Well, just, By all means. One is Nona's. Nona's in, uh, in the Hunter's Creek area. And over by uh, Florida Mall, there was an uh, Asian fusion restaurant called Doc Chase that we liked a great deal. Hmm. I can't think of anything in Disney that I think, oh, I wish it was still there. Because I think... No, I can. I can think of things, but they aren't necessarily food. I'm saying food-wise. Because I think... I mean, I enjoy a good steak. I can get a good steak several places. So. Okay. You don't miss the Fiesta Fun Center? I don't even know what that is. It was a little food court in the Contemporary. Yeah. The Food and Fun Center. 
food, food, Fiesta food and fun center. Okay. I can get those horribly boiled burgers anywhere. <laughs> All right. Well, while we're on the subject of food, uh, the Disney for Families Forum, uh, Maleficent and Goons, uh, has a rant. Kids menu equals horrible diet. When did the kids' menu become such a letdown? It's all high-carb, bad food. Everything seems to be glorified pizza and chicken fingers mainly. This, this frustrates me, and I understand people have picky eaters, but what about those who aren't? Kids who want to try items on the adult menu and just need a smaller portion. When did the kids' menu become the crap-fried food menu? I think this is a question I have, I have wondered quite often. Um, you know, I understand you need to have the chicken fingers and you need to have those items because there are, you know, look. The Graces of the world. Grace Eccles, oh. Teresa's daughter, 14 years old. This is all she fingers. will eat. Um, they went to Kona Cafe and all she had was soup. Yeah, chicken soup. It's like, <laughs> Yeah, apparently it has to. Well, at least it wasn't chicken fingers. But it's probably because chicken fingers weren't available. But um, what I don't understand is why there aren't. Better options. There are a few. We went to Sanaa. And do you remember the child's menu, the kid's menu in Sanaa? Okay, but you have to hike to Africa. Exactly. <laughs> it was very, I'm not, I remember it being very, very eclectic. And I mentioned it on that show. And I said, I don't know what kids oh, yeah. would oh, right. be that adventurous to try these different foods. And a lot of people wrote in and said, my kids would. My kids would love it. We're excited about it. I think this. the thing you hear about more is the graces of the world. Uh, no one, we don't get people who write to us and say, listen, my kid wants to try escargot. Where can I get it? I, it always is, will the restaurant make buttered spaghetti for my kid? <laughs> well, then why, then why not have a happy meeting? Why not offer those kids things, but then off, also offer child-size portions of the full menu? Yep. I, I have Absolutely. a question to ask you. Why are you not asking this in the restaurant? Can I get a half-size portion of this for my son? I imagine most Disney restaurants... If you talk to the chef, my son wants to try this. Well, I Can think, I get a smaller portion? But I, I, I think it's also probably uh, this. I could be wrong, but I, I, I took it as this comment being aimed mainly at uh, uh, counter service mm-hmm. as opposed to sit down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but there aren't a lot of healthy choices at counter services for adults. More, you're right. More than there are for kids. There's wraps yeah. and salads. And things. You've got a lot of for other kids, options. They just have to See, now, apples here's what rice. I think Disney should do. Here's what I think Disney should do. I think, you know, we've all eaten at many places on Disney property and had magnificent meals. They do have some amazing culinary talent at Disney World. Less today than they did two years ago, thanks to the layups. But uh, I think they should try and have somebody, group of chefs, come up with healthy alternatives that would appeal to kids. You know, you know, we talked about you know what do we miss? You know, breakfast lasagna is a great example. Now, breakfast lasagna was not healthy. That's not my point here. But my point was is that some creative culinary person came up with the idea for this. I find it hard to believe that at Disney of all places, that they could not have chefs come up with some kind of healthy option that kids would really get into. Um, I realize it's. Like you know, if they if they figure this out, it is they are it would be in fact the keys to the kingdom because it's not an easy thing to do. But if they could create something that got the same kind of buzz among kids that chicken nuggets do, well, what would Grace? What would entice Grace? I I don't know. I don't know the answer. Um, You know, look, culinary from a culinary perspective, I'm not your guy. Uh, at least in terms of you know being creative or anything, I can cook something, but I better damn well have a very clear recipe sitting next to me when I do it. So I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is, but I think having uh, options, as you pointed out, half half size portions. I pointed out. Or you pointed out. My idea, mine, mine. <laughs> okay. Ooh, breathe, breathe. We have this conversation in the car on the way home every week. How come you get credit for everything I say? <laughs> I, th- I just think you've got, in certain restaurants, you have very well, um, you have highly trained chefs. You have chefs who care and are passionate. You could take the ingredients you already have for adult dishes and make them for kids. But I, 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 offer yeah, those you to can, kids. you can absolutely, and I, I think that should be done. 
I'm also suggesting, in addition to that, I took a garden for ten years. Create something, you know. Find find that thing that would be good for kids that they would enjoy eating without feeling like they're eating their spinach. I I took create a something for unique. ten years, and there weren't a lot of kids coming to school with stuff that didn't fall out of the you know the kids' wheelhouse. There were not a lot of gourmet meals coming to school. Or there were not a lot of things outside the box. I mean, no one showed up with watercress sandwiches or anything. No, I'm not it suggesting. Was, I'm it not was su- goldfish crackers. Right. And- I'm, I'm not suggesting that you know they create gourmet meals for children. I'm saying come up with that item, that sandwich, that thing that kids would respond to an applesauce sandwich that they, would well you know what i'm saying well, I, mean, for, for chicken us, citizen, I don't know what the answer to us, it is what we do it's it's mainly at uh, sit-down restaurants we don't really even look at the kids menu but ferris is young so it's easy for us to do that now is we just order stuff that he can we can share with him off of our plate he might have a little bit of, of what i'm having whether it's vegetables we have him cook cook it really good um maybe if julie has like grilled fish we we look at what we're going to eat and then we kind of feed it uh, feed him from our plates but part of the issue here is people on the dining plan they can't really do that because then they lose a child's credit they lose money or they mm. you know they can't get an adult dish so i mean it adds a level of complexity to it i agree a thousand percent we go out to eat it's you know a free-for-all people get whatever they want and they're sharing and there's tasting and if there was a kid there you know, yeah. I would make the kid sit quietly and not look at me. But if, <laughs> if there was a child there, I would offer them the same food I had. I wouldn't think twice about, you know. I do like how Disney um, offers substitutes. If I get a hamburger, I'm not going to get the fries that go with it. I, just, I get the apples. Yeah, but you're I, a freak. <laughs> I want to change my seat. <laughs> but then again, then Disney is also now... Um, Fighting the things that the child has in everyday life, where the kid is used to McDonald's nuggets, right. is used to French fries, and is used to that food source. So, what do they do? I mean, can they come up with something that's so great that it rivals that? It's tough to do when it's ingrained in the culture, and the kid knows I want to go to McDonald's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, precisely, precisely. But I think I think it, you know the, uh, again, it raises a good point. Um, why can't there be? at least an effort expended on some kind of alternative for, for kids that's clearly on the menu that you don't have to go out of your way to ask special for. Um, you know. Well, I think like Kelvin said, if the people aren't complaining, then there's, they don't think there's a problem, so they just keep selling. I'm not, and, I'm not, and I'm not suggesting they do the whole everyone must have whole grain buns uh, routine. Uh, an option. Create an option. See the look on Kevin's face. That just Casey changed their buns to whole grain buns, and it was like <laughs> you're trying to get into North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> How dare they? <laughs> Off with their heads. Oh, so all right. Another thread I want to talk about. Over, back over on theme parks, attractions, and strategies. Bad boys, bad boys. Undercover security. Uh, this is uh, DFM or DF Malone. Uh, I was reading one of the threads, and a lot of people have stated that Walt Disney World has undercover security walking in the parks. I find that so cool. Just wanted people to share their experience with undercover security coming in to save the day. Um, Now, I think what some people may not know is that Disney hires an extraordinary number of off-duty Orange County sheriffs uh, that blend in. And we're not talking one or two here. I'm talking there's an army of these guys. We used to pin trade in the world of Disney. Um, That's where pin trading was before they built the pin trader. There was a big table set up. So at the height of pin trading, I was in there a lot. And you got to see the same people over and over and over again. And one day I said to him, do you just come here to shop every night because you're not pin trading or are you undercover? And he said, no, I'm working. So there are people who wander through those stores mm-hmm. and wander through the parks. I have another story. We went to one of um, one of the gay days at Disney. And do you remember the show, oh, what was her name? The Warrior Princess. Xena. Xena the Warrior Princess. I never watched the show, so I didn't think anything of it. Apparently, she could do this sound with her voice. 
and it traveled over across hill and dale, and that's how she communicated with other warrior princesses. I didn't watch it. I don't really know what I'm talking about. All I know is that one of the guys in our group <laughs> could make the sound. I know what you're talking about. And did this war hoop yeah. in Frontierland. And it was amazing because replies came from all over the Magic Kingdom. It was the oddest thing I've ever seen. But within... It was like a lesbian roll call. It was. It was like they were everywhere. And, and, and like you would hear them coming from everywhere in the park. And within seconds... We were surrounded by people, and one man kept taking his hand like a shushing motion and putting it right on the man's face. Don't do that again. He kept saying, don't do that again. (laughs) It was one of the most surreal things I've ever seen. But this wasn't like, you know, they called Barney with the one bullet to come out of the corner. These people were there. It's like they popped up out of the ground. So there Mm -hmm. are people... Everywhere. Everywhere. And they do yeah. not want you making warrior princess noises in Frontierland, okay? Where did it go? What did it sound like? Uh, no, forget it. <laughs> I've been talked into singing before. Yeah, I mean, uh, and uh, there, are some, there are some interesting uh, uh, stories here. Uh, one person writes, I had two experiences. One was a family member, or family shoving each other, trying to get on the bus at Downtown Disney. Um, as soon as you turned around, they were gone. Uh, the second was just outside Germany at Epcot. A girl had come out in a tinfoil hat pretending to be working a video camera. And a second girl wearing a silver space cap with flaps going on about how Disney takes over your brain and diminishes your creativity, your capacity for creativity. Poof, they were gone. Either security got them or the mothership came back to pick them up. <laughs> Either way, they were gone in a split second. Um, this was really interesting. Uh, the most interesting one on this thread that I saw from uh, from Loves to Scrap, about, one of our moderators. About the guard dog? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> this was at Starring Rolls Cafe at MGM when we stopped to get some breakfast on our way to Toy Story, uh, leaving out the introductory details that won't make sense unless you read the report. Um, this was ba- I, I encourage people to go read Again, we have links to all this in the show notes page. I encourage people to go back and read this. This is a story. She was at Starring Rolls Bakery in Hollywood Studios, and there was an unattended backpack left on a chair. And she has photographs of what, what happened um, with... And I, I, I really think people should read it because I won't do it justice. But it's really quite an interesting story. And you can see where the backpack is. And you can see them going through it, bringing out the bomb-sniffing dogs and all this other stuff. Um, really an interesting way... Uh, that Disney handles this stuff, but also in a very professional, very organized, very together way. I see. Uh, that's why I see. There's a lot of things that Disney can be criticized for. Security it's isn't not one of them. No, no. real ninja about the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And I love it like that. I want this. You know, it needs to be a place where kids can be safe, in particular. We all need to be safe there, but in particular, kids. We took the backstage tour, and they were telling us, as they took us around to some of the backstage areas, that the barricades that they put up around the perimeter of the park with the roadways and things like that, and I forget the exact details of it, but it was like it could stop a fully loaded Mm 18-wheeler. So there's no way of crashing that barricade. And then beyond that, there are things that, if the barricade is crashed, pop up out of the ground and stop it. So there's multi-levels of stuff. Yeah, really, yeah. We've talked also before about the fact that if you're on Disney property, other than a restroom, there's a good chance you're on camera. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And that's just fine with me. Yep. Yeah. But you can sit there and you I mean, I have. You can sometimes spot who these people are. Sometimes they look can. like the push well, dude. You know, like really overly dressed tourists. Yeah. Well, you know, for me, um, for all the times I have been in those parks over the last 20 years, I can tell you, I never feel like it's lined with cops. No. No, no, no you never no. get that. No, um, not at all. You, Unless you're looking but, for them, you don't to, see them. But I think right. that is especially, in, that, that's especially, uh, I, I want to say interesting, but interesting is not the right word. Um, it's especially cool that uh, you can have so many cops in the place, and it doesn't look like you got so many cops in the place, I guess is my point. If you want to find it, make that War Princess news. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, bringing, uh, I think they're going to have a lot more out for uh, events like Food and Wine Festival, 
where people are drinking around the world and get. I bet they. I bet they are. Stories where one guy had a little too many. They took him away. Heavily, the one they put the most security on for is Night of Joy. What? Really? No yeah. Christians, you got to watch them. I guess what? Yeah, yeah. What would you do? They try to sneak stuff in. I'm not making any kind of value judgment. All I know is that it's one of the most security is heaviest at Night of Joy. Wow, I'm I'm surprised to hear I that. I am too. That's interesting. That is. Have you ever been on Disney property and there been an obvious police presence and you're kind of like shocked? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be driving down property yes. and there'd be like three or four police cars and something and you think, oh my god, what's going on? Yeah. And it's just because it's so covert all the other times. It's one of the things they do brilliantly. It's one of the reasons the U.S. government came to Disney after 9-11 to seek advice on how to secure large areas that are heavily trafficked um, and do so in, in a way that uh, you know, is, as, is the least, as, as, as least obtrusive as possible. Well, that's even like the bag check that everybody goes, well, they didn't really look through my bag. It's not that they're looking to see so much what's in your bag. They're watching you and they're looking, you know, if you're looking nervous or you're doing or this behavior, or that. It's right. It's those kind of things. And they can always get you once you go through the turnstile. It's not that they're looking to see you've got a pen knife in the bottom of your right. bag. Although we know instances where people have had right. guns and knives and obvious and yeah, I mean, if they see it, yeah, they'll take they it. Take but it. I think you're right. Side. Well, that's why, you know, I remember asking the question after 9-11, you, when they started uh, ask, looking for IDs, asking for IDs when you go into the resorts. And I remember joking around at the Animal Kingdom with the guy. I'm like, do you have a list of known terrorists back there? And you're comparing it. He's like, no. He goes, it has absolutely nothing to do with your ID. It has to do with me taking this 15 seconds to look at your face mm-hmm. and remember you. And uh, if necessary, to write down your, your your license plate so that if something happens, I can remember what you looked like and what kind of car you were driving, and that will aid in the investigation. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, that nope. makes a lot of sense. The ones that scare me, did you ever read the threads on the Diz where the people go, my husband's an off-duty policeman, and he brings his gun in so that if something should happen in the park, he's going to take care of the bad guy. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That's what they've got. You know, there's security force in there for. I don't want some. It's your husband that's going to be taken care of. Yeah. Home, Wyatt Earp. Yeah. 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 That's not, you know, leave it in the parking lot. I know for a fact somebody who just flew in the last couple of weeks and flew from uh, southern Florida to northwestern Florida and realized that when she got off the plane, she had her can of mace in the bottom of her purse and they never questioned it. She's a single female, well, so mean, she carries a can of mace with her. Yeah. It was in the bottom of her purse and went through the whole, tra- the whole scanner thing. Well, you know, it, here's the thing. It, they're human. They're not going to be able to catch everything. It's I just, want them catching everything. I know. I would love that, too, but it's also not realistic. I they know. do a good um, job. If they have a question, they'll send you back to them. I had a know. friend of a friend whose job it was to go to different airports and try to take stuff through. And she said you would be amazed at the stuff that she's transported through. Ooh, that's scary. That weren't. So I said, when people go, oh, but I feel so much safer. You know, you still have to have your wits well, about you. For me, for me, it's my, my attitude with anything having to do with security. I'm do gonna, whatever it I is you need to do. about security. It's like whatever you need if to do. If you need to check my bag, you want to unpack my bag, yeah, you, you want to go. Empty it out, let me say, know. I, however, you know, you know I, I don't want to miss my flight, really, but whatever you need to do, I'm not going to give you a hard time. And so, uh, apparently, because any time that, uh, that I have been pulled out and had to have my stuff gone through and I've just been very patient and very friendly and um, they always end up saying, you know, thank you. <laughs> so few uh, people I've, are I've, like that. I've had a lot of security agents that weren't quite so kind. And I've always said, I sat in Charlotte Airport one day and just watched what was going on in the airport. And you know how you, everything's supposed to be so security. Like a stalker. Well, no, just because I was waiting for my plane. And as, you know, as a business traveler, you just sort of sit there and watch. And they had one of the jetways open. I could have walked down the jetway. You know, the best way for them to tighten up security is to ask frequent flyers what they see. Mm-hmm. Because they see more than the TSA people. That's true. That's Good true. idea. So, all right, another thread that uh, I wanted to talk about uh, coming from the Theme Parks Community Board was uh, looking for other Walt Disney World commandos and those who want to. Um, uh, This originally started out as a thread looking for other commandos. I was overwhelmed to find out how many of us there are. 
Figured Is that people who don't wear underwear? <laughs> yes, that's, that's exactly what <laughs> Is it that is. how you recognize them? Figured a club was in order. I'm sure most of us on other threads at some, times, at some time felt like outcasts for planning a full agenda and having been criticized negatively. That is not the case here. Fellow commandos, commandos can help each other to fulfill their plans instead of putting what uh, instead of putting what you would like to do down. Oh, I, I see. Okay. Um, if you are mild or extreme or even a beginner, this is a place where you can kick off your boots, relax while planning your trip, share commando adventures and strategies, but most of all, have some fun uh, doing what you enjoy. Now, this I, I the reason I picked this one was because back in the day. Back when we started this, everybody who was on the site was a commando. That's all it was. Right. There was no – we were all just, you know, in the park with a list down to the minute when we were hitting what, were we ahead of schedule or behind schedule. Hmm. I, that, that was just me. doesn't sound fun to me. I remember Walter on this one. No, that was – but in the beginning, that's what was on the site. That's what the site was. As the internet grew in popularity and scope, um, the sloths started joining. Or? No, <laughs> <laughs> what started happening was, you know, I, well, I think also because people uh, over time, going back year after year, uh, what happened to me after the third or fourth trip doing commando, Pardon? I started to uh, ease up. I'd seen everything. I didn't need to see it all every trip. See, the first three or four times, I was like, okay, I'm never coming back again. So I got to get as much in as I can. But then when I realized I was coming back a lot, I eased up. But I just found it interesting that we went from a time on the site when commando was the, was the, was the rule and non-commando was the exception to a time now where commandos are actually getting criticized to the point where they needed to, like, start a club <laughs> to, like, support one another because they're getting they're getting flamed on other threads, and they've got a list of let's see, 103 hmm. as of uh, today, uh, people that have, have have joined up with this, and it is it's just a, a, a place of uh, of sharing you know stories and you know uh, strategies for commando touring of the theme parks. I think to each their own. Do what makes you happy. Exactly. The problem I have with it is when I hear stories about how somebody's vacation was ruined because they had this down to the the minute and something happened that that schedule mm-hmm. was thrown off. Yeah. Yeah. If it's 12:17, it's got to be it's a small world. And I'm sorry. <laughs> Life's just not that that organized. There are going to be things that stop you and stuff. And you have to, there has to be some flexibility yeah. here. And I think my vacation was ruined. I can come up with a couple of reasons. The lady whose son got bit by the snake. Right. Yeah. Her vacation was ruined. <laughs> if you missed your fast pass of Slurin, I'm not so sure that's a ruined vacation. Well, I, I, I don't think these people are approaching it from that standpoint. I'm not suggesting this thread, um, but there are other places where you can read that that whole thing is, uh, listen, I, my vacation con- was ruined. Conversely, though, uh, I know for me in, in those days, it was so much fun to plan it out like that. And then so much fun to get on the ground and do that. I loved it. Uh, I really enjoyed it. I get why people go commando in, in the parks. I really do. If you didn't think you were coming back and there's so much to see, you would have to put a lot of effort Or even, so you know, look, if, if I was maybe a little younger, maybe didn't, you know what, honestly, if I didn't live here. That makes a big difference. Um, I might still be that commando. I was still pretty commando on the trips we took when we lived in Jersey. Absolutely. When um, we had the Diz meet the other day, that's what everybody said, that when they first started planning, they all came down with the idea that this was going to be the one and only time they ever came. So this was going to be their great trip. So maybe that's what a lot of these commando people are. They figured they're never coming back, so they want to do it all. And I never well, had also, thought of it that way. See, I, also the idea there's so much to do and right. there's so much you want to get in. i got to plan every step because I won't have the time to do all the things I want to do. I think when Sheila was here, she comes in once a year, and she has certain things on her list that she wants to do. Um, At Epcot, it has to be Soren. She needs to go to Soren. So there are times where, you know, her and Julie had to plan in the commando style, not necessarily for eating and dinner and all that that stuff, but to get all the attractions in 
that they wanted to get in yep. within a few hours of each other. Well, I uh, it's limited time to do things yeah. you want to do. Yeah. Kelvin's never been on Soren. Did you know that? Really? No, he's never been on Soren. I'm like, you have to. You've take lived him. here a couple of years, and you. It's just that we always go in the afternoon when it's full and there's no more fast passes. So we said, I don't want to wait two hours. So I've never been on Soren. Well, we've been together nine years. That was your, a few weeks ago. Was your first time at California Grill? Oh, that's true. So, you know, what are you gonna do? Shelley's still not forgiving you. <laughs> Just want you to know. And also, I think what's funny is part of this thread deals with people who are who are planners with people who are in their family who are not planners. Well, that's why you know one of the things that was I was thinking you know it would be great if they if these guys did commando only trips. You know, you have girls only trips um, where you know we see those pop up on the site all the time. I think there should be a commando only trip. I think sponsored you may by Red only Bull. have one at one family, you know, because if you had a whole bunch of them, I think they'd all try to take control. I, was just I don't know, say, you know who out. gets to make yeah. decisions and who plans it. I think that'd be a cool. Well, they can work all that amongst themselves. <laughs> I was just throwing out an idea. You can be the commando. I'll meet you later on. Well, you know, you know, my style is definitely not commando. However, I've told this story about we've told this story about my brother coming. Where we were in the Magic Kingdom, and we were riding, just got off of uh, Splash Mountain, and he said, "Mark, what do you want to do next?" Well, I want to go on Haunted Mansion. So it's like there has to be some plan. We actually, the story goes, we were in Universal Studios, and we were in Seuss Landing, and he wanted to ride um, Jurassic Park, and I explained to him, "There's a circle." It's on the back of the circle. And then when after you get off of Jurassic Park, you wanted to go ride the Hulk. Right. So it's like, yeah, there's some plan. Kevin went home. <laughs> you can't just willy-nilly go to the park and hope you're going right. to do everything. Because otherwise, you're not, you're not really going commando. What you're doing is wasting time. Right. Well, I think, uh, you know, this, this, reading this through this thread got me, gave me the idea that, you know, when, when, when it cools off, I want to try doing something I haven't done in a long time. Four parks in one day. High heels. <laughs> <laughs> Four parks in one day. I've done that. I haven't done yeah, it in I've a long that. time. I haven't done mm. that in a long time. I don't think I have either. When you live here, you're like, what's the point of that? Have you done four parks ever? <laughs> just ever, just <laughs> four the, parks. In a day? No, ever. Just four parks. Have you been to all four parks? <laughs> yes, I've been to all <laughs> Just barely. So, I think it's a, it's a cool thread. All right, and finally this week... Uh, a thread, you know, we've we've talked quite a bit about uh, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. That it has control. definitely been uh, uh, an issue of mine uh, for the last couple of months. And I thought this was incredibly helpful on the Universal Board. There is a thread, an ongoing thread, about a Forbidden Journey, who fits and who doesn't. Uh, for those who are not familiar, uh, my one of my biggest, biggest uh, issues with uh, the Wizarding World of Harry Potter was the kind of restrictions that they created around the signature attraction, Harry Potter and the Forbidden Journey. Uh, A lot of people don't fit. Um, And it has less to do with weight than it has to do, apparently, with dimensions, where your weight is. And uh, so this is an interesting thread. It's a good thread. Where people describe, you know, I could get on, I couldn't, and kind of describe what their dimensions are like. And they were describing where at first they would help you close it, you know, for the three clicks, and now they don't really touch it. So unless you can push it down, right, it's not going to Now, you work. see, for me, I carry almost all my weight in front. So that, I think, is why I couldn't get on. Now, somebody else who was my height and my weight, but maybe it wasn't all sitting in front, you know, maybe if it was some part, I don't know where else it would be, but, you know... Uh, I think that seems to be the 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 ongoing. Yeah, some of the uh, people were saying some of the men were saying their chests were too big for it to close too. Yeah, so that, that kind of surprised me. I wasn't, overly, I wasn't expecting yeah, that. If you're heavy or overly built, apparently, um, you can't uh, you can't ride it. Um, seems like people with chests under forty nine inches and pants waist sizes under forty six have have been able to ride. They almost um, need like a diagram. A 40, oh, I'm sorry. If you're wearing a 46-inch waist, huge. that's very large. I, I was don't, just going to say, those dimensions are big, and we know that Kevin's brother couldn't ride, and I know he's nowhere near that size. We've seen guys who were not overly nowhere near those big. That, that, that My brother's 6'5", and was not, it was too tall. I, I heard that 6'3 was a cutoff. Yeah, I heard that too. And again, that has to do with where your height is. If your height's in your legs... You could probably still ride it. Oh, I see what you're... Yeah, because I'm tall leg-wise, but I'm short right. waist-wise. And I'm just so the I opposite. Can see that. Okay. I wear a 30-inch inseam. 
Okay. And I'm six foot five. Okay. Don't so feel sorry for me. A lot has to do with body dimensions. Those I, I don't know if you can go by waist or I see what, size I see as what much you're as saying. you can go yeah. by. Do you know what's really funny to me? It's not funny is the wrong word. The fact that this even has to be a discussion makes me not even mm-hmm. want to try it. Mm-hmm. I just for, okay for this point in time for them to come up with a brand new ride and this many Americans can't fit on it because of or it's body causing size. this much stress for people who think will I be able to won't I be right. able to I could see I could see if it was questionable just say screw it I'm not going I could I, see doing that. well in this month's uh, Universal show that will go up the last Monday of uh, this month uh, Dave Parfit uh, has an interview with uh, Theory Koo who was the uh, ride designer oh, really? of Forbidden wow. Journey, and he asked him about this. So um, we'll, uh, we'll have that to look forward to. I'm sure in the mm. nicest possible way, because David's yeah, I, I, a nice man. I, yeah, it would have been a much different interview had I done it. Let me just say that. Okay, I've listened. There's a reason why we don't do them. <laughs> I've listened to the, the, the Theory Coup interview, and I, it, it, Dave did a wonderful job, but that's the reason we have him doing those and not me. Um. You know, he's Larry King to my Morton Downey Jr. Howard Stern. <laughs> Howard Stern. <laughs> so, all right, folks, that is going to do it for our Disboard show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with you again next week with another episode of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for listening. Remember, as always, stay out of the damn lakes.